two fishing buddies decided to invite their new ministers to go with them one day out to the lake because they had heard that this new minister liked to fish. So they encouraged him to bring all his tackle and pole and everything and also to pack a lunch and some drinks because they'd probably make a full day of it. So they got out there and and, uh, after lunchtime, one of the guys said, you know, I've got to use the restroom, so I'm just going to, I'll be back. And he stepped out of the boat and he walked across water to the shore. A few minutes later, he came back, and then the other guy proceeded to do the same thing. He got out of the boat and walked to the shore and came back. So the minister is sitting there thinking, my gosh, these guys are amazing. And I'm a man of the cloth. I, I better try it too. So he steps out of the boat and immediately sank. One guy said to the other, he said, do you think we should tell him where the rocks are? <laughs> when you're footing... When your footing is uncertain, how many times have you gotten up in the middle of the night and it's dark and you felt your footing was uncertain? People who are limited or physically challenged often know what it is to have uncertain footing. We have a young grandson who's about a year and a half now and just in the last Months has learned how to walk, and it's really fun to watch him because he kind of totters and, and then he'll fall and just gets right back up. But whether it's him or whether it's us, we all had to learn how to walk, and at the beginning, our footing was uncertain. And even though I still walk pretty well, there are times when I get overly distracted and I lose my footing to be out for a walk with the dog and, and get distracted and then trip on a raised crack in the sidewalk. Those things happen. But when it comes to our faith, our footing has to do with more than placing our feet on the physical ground beneath us. It has to do with stabilizing ourselves upon the great ground of being the great ground of being. In other words, it is balancing our souls and our beings with God's being. But as was said, distractions can really get in the way and cause problems. A woman who spent summers in the same small town in Vermont many years ago as did Paul Newman got up early one morning and wanted to go to the sweet shop. She had a craving for something cold and sweet, and this particular place was called the Ice Cream and Bakery Shop. She walked in, and the only other customer in the shop was Paul Newman, and he was sitting at a table having a cup of coffee and a donut. She thought to herself, well, this is no big deal. It's, it's his town, too, and he's entitled to his privacy just like anyone else, so I'm not going to make a big deal about it. I'll just go up there and and order an ice cream cone like he's just another person in the world. So she nodded to him and and smiled, and then she went to the counter and ordered up her double-dip ice cream, put her money on the counter. She walked out to the car and realized that all she had in her hand was change and no ice cream cone. So she thought, 
she better go back in, and she assumed it would be in one of those little stands or the person behind the counter would still be holding it. And just as she went to say something to the clerk, she looked over at Paul Newman, who was smiling and grinning from ear to ear, and said, you put it in your purse. (laughs) Distractions can certainly cause problems. When your footing is uncertain emotionally or otherwise, there is usually an unsettling feeling somewhere within you. Fear causes an unsettling feeling, and that which we fear is often a distraction. Let's turn to our text from Matthew that Mickey read for us. And let me point out that the passage right before it is the feeding of the 5,000, after which Jesus must have been very tired. So as disciples go on ahead of him in the boat, crossing over to the other side, Jesus goes off to pray. Surely he must have needed to recharge his batteries and and recenter himself in God. During that time, the boat out on the lake had encountered a storm. So the disciples were probably feeling a bit unsettled. And lo and behold, here comes Jesus walking on the water. Now, a great deal of time could be spent on considering the physical realities of Jesus walking on the water. And curiously enough, there are a number of jokes which have Jesus walking on the water. I happened to tell one just the other night at a dinner party. But since all such conversations are distractions to the deeper realities of faith, I'm only going to skim over the surface of the debate about Jesus walking on water and plunge into what I believe are the deeper meanings of this passage. First of all, when the disciples saw Jesus from a distance, they thought it was a ghost. I mean, who wouldn't? It was in the middle of the night, it was dark, and well, it isn't every day or night that you happen to see a person, a ghost, walking on the water. Encountering the unknown triggered fear. Encountering the unknown can trigger our fear. And when fear consumes us, we become landlords to our own ghosts. Ghosts not outside us, but ghosts inside us. The only lasting cure for our deepest fears in life is faith. Faith. Jesus called out to the disciples as he calls out to us in the storms of life amidst all our fears. Take heart. It is I. Do not Do not be afraid. Peter, who had faith, answered, Lord, if you command me to come out on the water, I will come. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and he started walking on the water toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. 
and he began to sink. So often in Scripture, the thrust is turning toward the Lord. A person gets off track, and they need to return to the Lord. The prodigal son went off in a direction all of his own making, a self-interested, self-seeking, self-serving life. And it wasn't until he returned to the Father that things began to get right again in the relationships. But here in this text this morning, the movement is different. Peter doesn't need to turn to the Lord. He has already turned toward Jesus. After all, he stepped out of the boat and he headed right toward Jesus. And isn't it ironic that Peter started to sink? For let's not forget that the name Peter literally means rock. And what happens to a rock when it hits the water? It sinks. Yet, Jesus, as we read last week, said, Upon this rock, I will build my church. Clearly, there are different depths and layers to today's text. So let's go back and take a closer look at what happens to Peter. When he first got out of the boat, he actually started walking toward Jesus. But then, did you catch what happened? When he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. Peter first became distracted. Then he became scared, and then he began to sink. Have you ever heard of Siegel's Law? Siegel's Law says a person with one watch knows what time it is. A person with two watches is never sure. When your footing is uncertain. Friends, what are some of the common day distractions that either cause our moral footing to be uncertain or cause us to be scared about our future? Well, materialism, being overly concerned and obsessed about the stuff and the things of this life, are one such thing. Because Our preoccupation can cause us to be fearful that we don't have or won't have enough money. And we start to sink in the waters of worry and wrong valuing. Anxiety creeps in, despair, even depression. And there are so many distractions. Think about the distractions in your life. Think about the things that distract you from doing what you know is right from doing what God might be calling you to do in your life. Preoccupation can have to do with our physical well-being and cause us to be fearful about what's going to happen to us when we aren't healthy. And more scary yet, what's going to happen to us when we die? And so we start to sink in the waters of worry, and what ifs, what ifs. Again, let's turn to our text, for here we find another of the Peter principles, a clue that helps when your footing is uncertain. As Peter was sinking, he cried out, Lord, save me. 
And Jesus immediately reached out his hand. Reached out his hand. And caught him. And he said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Here in this morning's text is another Peter principle. When you start to sink, stay focused on the Lord. When you start to sink, stay focused on the Lord. You see, Peter was doing fine until he became distracted with the wind. You know, perhaps walking with Jesus is sort of like dancing. As long as you are totally conscious of the count and your feet, you are not dancing. You're simply learning to dance. A good shoe is a shoe you don't even notice when someone's dancing. Good reading becomes possible when you need not consciously think about your eyes or the light or the size of the font. A wonderful church service. A wonderful church service is one where we, well, we're almost unaware of ourselves and our attention is fully on God. Focusing fully on the Lord is what it's all about. Here's how the psalmist put it in a portion of our text that Roy read for us. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. And I've trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and mind, for your steadfast love is before my eyes. I walk in faithfulness to you. I walk in faithfulness to you. I walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground. In the great congregation, I will bless the Lord. In the great congregation, let us, in our worship, lose consciousness of ourselves and bless the Lord. When your footing is uncertain, what will your focus be? I'd like to share words from one of my seminary professors, Ross Snyder. Upon darkness or upon a clearing of light? Upon the evil in the world or upon saving truth? Upon problems or possibilities? Upon polluting ugliness or upon beauty inviting our participation? Only faith is certain of the future. And that's because faith puts total trust in God. Total, complete trust in God. When it is only partial trust, when it is only partial, we are easily distracted and begin to sink. O ye of little faith. Doubt sees the obstacles. Faith sees the way. Doubt sees the blackest night. Faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step. Faith leaps on high. Doubt questions who believes. Faith answers, I 
Friends, when your footing is uncertain and you start to sink, stay focused on the Lord and He will reach out a hand to save you. He will. He will.